Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Adventure Options Podcast. This week, I had the pleasure of learning from Wayne Dunlap, who is a world traveler and the creator of Plan Your Escape. Wayne has such a positive and unique outlook on the world and travel that I think you'll find this episode to be a breath of fresh air. Plus, he teaches us all how to afford more travel. As always, this podcast is sponsored by Adventure Writers, writing for the travel industry. If you need help rewording your website or writing up new pages, go to adventurewriters.agency for help. That's adventure, W-R-I-T-E-R-S dot agency. Now for the show. Wayne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us here. This is wonderful to be part of your organization and part of this podcast. I am really excited to interview you after looking through your blog and your website and a little bit of your LinkedIn, but I was confused on what to title you as. I I came up with a few. I came up with um, professional traveler. I came up with travel tip guru. (laughs) There was a couple times. What do you call yourself? Well, our basic uh, name of our group is called Plan Your Escape. And and my wife and I retired a few years back, and then we started just traveling. And I can tell you the story why what happened on that. But we've uh, hit a hundred countries now, and for a while we were traveling co- continuously for four years. Um, and we put in um, uh, about oh eight months a year outside the country, going going all throughout the world. And so in this retirement thing, I'm I'm kind of a type A. I've formed companies in the past. It's retirement isn't. Uh, I mean, I, I love retirement, but I still like to give back. And so this is just a, a retirement give back. We help people travel, uh, afford it better, see the world, enjoy it more. And, and we just get a kick out of it. So let's do go back to your background. You did not start out in travel. You were a financial advisor, right? Well, actually, I was a college professor. I, I, was a, um, I taught economics at San Diego State University. And then I got caught up in all the computer startups here in Southern California. So I, I started a couple of computer startups. And so I did computer startups for a long, long time. And then when my wife and I retired, um, we just uh, fell in love with traveling. When, when you're working full time and raising a family and all that, you only have a couple of weeks off each year to go travel. Our, our bucket list, as people call it, or our wish list, got longer and longer and longer as we met people from all around the world. So what we decided when we retired um, I just said, hey, well, why don't we take off three months and just go off and travel the world? And, and my wife came back and said, um, a, a day later, said, well, why don't we just rent our home out and travel the world for a year? Um, which we did. We traveled, we, and we figured out some other ideas because when you travel full time for a year, you have to find out really good cost saving methodology. Because if you try to extrapolate a two year um, philosophy into a year philosophy, boy, you can see how that money racks up. And so, uh, so then one year turned into two years, turned into three years, turned into four years. And l- literally, we were traveling the world continuously for four years and, um, and got written up in the Wall Street Journal and all kinds of other things and just had a ball. And we've met so many wonderful people and, and, and having, as, like, as I said, having visited 100 countries now and 46 of our U.S. states. We've seen some amazing places, and that's what we want to share with people. We want to share that enjoyment, that excitement, and help people go out and achieve some of those bucket uh, list places that they have on their list. During that time that you've been traveling, do you go back to your home base and stay at your quote-unquote house that you own, or were you just gone for the whole time? Well, 
I, this is my wife's in the background here. She hates me when I say this, but for, for about three years, we were literally homeless, homeless. We had a couple properties. We rented them both out. And when we came home, we actually stayed with friends sometimes. And um, basically, the only reason we were coming home is to plan the next uh, uh, trip. And, um, and we stayed with friends. And then also we did Airbnb. We were, we were um, um, tourists in our own city. And that was, an, that was an exciting experience of itself. And we recommend that of other people to try it, is that we were able to stay in these wonderful little communities. That we're based in San Diego, California. And there's lots of little communities that you go down and maybe have lunch and then drive back home. But when you stay down there for three or four days or a week, you get to enjoy and live that community and you learn so much more about your own area. And it was pretty exciting. So. Yeah. So let's go back to when you decide, when you retire and you decide let's travel and your awesome wife says three months, let's do a year. Did you plan out your entire year at a time or did you just go from location to location? Yeah, it was kind of a um, uh, halfway between those two uh, ideas. Uh, what we did is that we had um, a wish list and we prioritized it. And we try to organize by certain uh, parts of the world and, and explore it. And that's a, that's a really good idea to do. And instead of trying to hop around to 18 cities and then come back home exhausted, what we were trying to do is explore certain regions more. So our first trip, we went off to um, the uh, Croatian islands, the Dalmatian coast, and, and hopped those islands. And then we hit some Greek isles. And then uh, we went over to the uh, Lake District of Italy up in that area and spent time in those areas. And then that was about a two and a half month trip. Then we came home and we looked at each other and said, this does keep going. And so we planned the next trip and the next trip. The, the biggest trip we planned was a three month trip. We were gone and that was through Southeast Asia and, um, and uh, South America. And we got to see Machu Picchu and, and the Galapagos. And, and, you know, we went to the Thailand uh, islands and, and, and just amazing, amazing places we've been. And so, um, to see something like Iwazu Falls in Brazil, uh, Argentina, um, you know, I mean, those kinds of experiences, you just, you, you know, how do, how do you put a value on that? I mean, that, uh, this world is in a fabulous, beautiful place. And one thing that we've shown over and over and over in our travels is that, you know, you turn on our media and there's so much fear and so much um, uh, uh, violence and all that being featured. Um, actually. If you look at the big scheme of things, violence in the world is way down. The people that are dying from natural disasters is down to 6% than it was 100 years ago. Terrorism is actually down. Um, but if you turn on the media, you would think this is the most scary place in the world. And actually, it's the most amazing time in the history of the world to be living on the history of the world, living on the world. We can get an airplane and fly halfway across the country for $700. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, they used to take three months on, on, on ships to get across the world. And, and it is incredible. When you get there, people are beautiful. Actually, poverty, what you, what you think is, gosh, if you look at the media, it's like, like a, it's the unbelievable, terrible place in the world. But poverty is halved. The proportion of people living in poverty now by the UN estimates is halved in the last 50 years. The world is starting to become prosperous. It's beautiful. And it's lovely to, to travel. And it's not as scary and violence as the media, even, even close to what they depict. Your attitude and your positivity are infectious. Like, oh, I just, I just want to hang out with you because you just seem like <laughs> the most happy person. Well, you know, I, I tell you, we, we, we're trying to strive for that. You know, um, 
what we did a while back is that when we were, were trying to uh, build our businesses and, and, and amass a little bit of savings so we could achieve our, our goals like travel and, and send our son to college and things like that, what we decided instead of saying this, this be happy once we reach those goals, let's declare ourselves happy on the journey. That's beautiful. I love that. Let's talk about your son since you brought him up. How did he feel about you guys being gone for large amounts of time? Well, up until the time when and he when we became the certain type of teenager that didn't want to actually be seen with their parents too often, he loved traveling. He loved he was he got to lean in. Now of course we 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 adjusted our travels uh, to be more a little bit more kid friendly, and so we took him all around the world. He, uh, we took him with us. And then when we weren't, um, when we tried to take some other trips that would be more adult types of visiting cities and things like that, we dropped him off his grandparents in New York and the grandparents spoiled the heck out of him. We barely could get him back home. So it's, uh, so no, he, he enjoyed it. And to this day, he still just says, go, go mom and dad, go, go. And, and he's got the, the infectious travel. And whenever he gets some time off, he takes off too. So no, he's, he's totally good for it. Well, and like you said, we really do live in an awesome era where we can communicate with our loved ones in an instant all around the world. Like we don't have to wait four months for the letter to get there that says, hey, I broke my leg. (laughs) I know. know. And then like these kind of video conferencing that we're doing right now or using Skype, when we're traveling, we can just hit the button and put like two, two cents a minute or less. We can chat with him and just say, you know, hey, how you doing? Catch up with him and that type of thing. Um, and so, yeah, so I, it's an amazing time of world to be in. I, it, I mean, I, I, I'm 68 years old, and I remember when we wanted to communicate something, we had to get on the landline and try to call him or, or send a letter. And, and now we can just, boom, be looking at each other, chatting away or whatever case may be. So I have a, maybe an unusual question for you, considering your age. Not that you're old, but... But you're getting up there. We call it wise. Yeah. Wise. Now that you're wise. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be in relatively good health to be yeah. able to travel like you do. Was that a conscious effort by you and your wife or yeah. was it just something Absolutely. that came easy? Absolutely. And this is something that we emphasize in our, on our, our travel shows and et cetera, is don't wait for someday. Because what happens is that, I mean, no one has figured it out how to get off this earth alive. No one's figured it out yet. And, um, and uh, so, and there's literally, and if we have to be honest, there's a falling apart period before that when we can't do the things that we once were able to do or wish we could do. And so the key is, is that we decide why we still have our health and, and our mobility and et cetera. We're getting out there and seeing the world. And we're saw, especially putting the more adventurous places on it, you know, climbing the cliffs of Machu Picchu and, and, and those kinds of things are challenging. And, and we're doing it now knowing that down the line that maybe a different form of travel uh, will be uh, in our future. So yes, uh, and I recommend not just people our age, our people of uh, all ages, because you just don't know. You just don't know what life is going to give you in the future. And so if you have a chance to go see this world, go see it. Um, if you have something on your wish list, do it. That's, that's kind of our, um, our thing, because who knows what's going to happen to our future. Right. And you have been featured in a lot of places and you do have, you have a blog and a website called, uh, what is it? Unhooknow.com. That's right. Unhooknow.com. Where you give travel advice. Why don't you tell me how, how that started, how you started that, that website and that blog, where was it born from? Yeah, exactly. 
Well, what happened is, like I mentioned before, we, we, got, we got on this absolutely crazy uh, venture to travel the world, and we just kept going, going, going. That's when I started the blog. We had travels before that, when we had jobs and things like that. But what I was thinking is that we're going to start traveling, and we're going to see country after country, beautiful place after beautiful place. We're going to forget it. It's all going to run together. I mean, we're not going to remember the details. So I started this simple blog just for my wife and I. Um, and, and it was like a couple paragraphs and maybe four pictures. That's it. That's all of the places we were going. And, and then, then some of our friends started logging into it and said, well, that's really cool. What did you eat? What kind of, what kind of cool things you do there? So, oh, geez. That's, now, that's well, always my question. What did you eat? <laughs> what did you eat? I know. We have a lot of foodie friends. And, and what did you eat? What, did, what, what was the experience? What was some of the better things that you've done there? And, and so now, so then I started getting a following, damn it. And, uh, and so I felt a responsibility to the place to do a little better job. Well, now we have 213,000 followers. So when I write a post, I'll get hundreds and hundreds of maybe thousands of people to read that post. And so now I have a, I feel a real obligation to do a good job of that. So our posts are not long. They're not too long. I, I don't fight that sorry um, type of uh, uh, talk, but it's more like these are. I did a lot of research. We went to these places. These are the, some of the great places of this area. This is why this place is unique. Uh, often I, I'll offer some history and things like that, why we went there, why it's so beautiful, and then a ton of pictures. Uh, we've been, um, a lot of our pictures have been published in other types of things because they're really nice. Anyway, so, so people can get the really good feel of this place. And that's, that's how we write a travel blog. And, um, and so, you know, so that was the essence of it. And, and then it got picked up as one of the top 25 travel blogs in the world by TripAdvisor, which was kind of cool. And then we've been given all kinds of other awards for it. It's just a nice, clean travel blog and people love it. Once they get on it, they, they get the comments come back because, gosh, thank you so much. We also put a couple sections of a whole bunch of travel tips, how they can travel better, how they can save money, how they can do a lot of other things too. So, so there's lots, 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 lots of information on it. And we're going to put a link to that in the show notes. So if you oh, can't remember the website, go to the show notes and you will see the website and you can click on that link and see it. But I, as I understand, you do have some tips that you are willing to share with us on the podcast. Do you want to go into those? Well, shoot, we got a bunch. And I, I'd like to start off with one of the ones that we're probably most famous for. Um, and, and once you hear it, you'll probably, uh, probably kind of cringe for a second. But one of the things that we came up with, how that people ask us, how did you travel for eight months and afford it? How did you figure that out? Well, we've learned how to travel for uh, less than half of what we used to, less than half of what other people travel. And this is not this is not budget travel necessarily. This is all levels. It could be luxury, moderate. Um, it, it could be tra uh, using a, a, um, a uh, organized tour or going on your own. It could be solo or single. It's just general tips and general strategies. I was an economics professor for a while, and, and, um, and I really believe in, in the value of economics and, and looking at how to use economics in, in, in that to improve your life. And so we've traveled literally for half, and here's one of the best ways we do it. It's called follow the disaster. What do you think of that? <laughs> now, I, I coined that phrase, and I made it kind of sensational uh, so people could remember it. But here's the deal. Things happen around the world that concern people, and they should, okay? Um, like the first time we went on it early on in our travel careers was the SARS um, uh, uh, academic- the outbreak. Yeah. Remember that with all the masks on people's face and all that kind of stuff. 
Yes. Well, we went two years after SARS. And remember, the, the, the thing is called follow the disaster. And um, two years when SARS was completely gone, there wasn't a single case left. Okay. But tourism to China was off 50%. And they were really anxious to get tourism over there. We got an amazing deal. And then I was just looking at some other, we went to Bali after that, uh, that uh, disco bombing. We went to Fiji after the coup. We went down to Mexico after a bunch of issues. We just got back from Great Britain because of, because of the Brit exit, the value of the pound sterling, um, uh, our, our dollar appreciated 30%. Um, it got weaker concerns because of their concerns. You know, we went down to the Greek Isles after the austerity demonstrations and things. And that's a good one to example, uh, give an example. We all remember a few years ago in the news of those cars being pushed over in the streets of Athens, the austerity demonstration. That was on all the news, over and over and over and over. And, but that was like on three streets in Athens. So we went down to the Greek Isles. And tourism, because of Europe and North America, was off 50%. And we were going real time. We were just we're without schedules, going to hotels. Normally, you had to get booking six months in ahead. We were walking the day of and negotiating the deal now and 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 so uh, this is this a wonderful it's a wonderful opportunity and we have we always try to publish where we think the next fall of disaster opportunities are and one thing i should always tell people uh, about this is that some people start looking in the back of their minds and boy you're sure taking advantage of people and it's not now these people make their living they make their living by travel i mean by uh, tourism etc they they have a hotel or a restaurant this is how they put food on the table for their family. They are so appreciative when someone comes in. <laughs> they're, they're, it's wonderful. So it's a complete win-win situation. Um, they are getting uh, business. You're getting some travel bargains. And so follow disaster is wonderful. For example, we just booked a, a trip, and we're going to be going in June to St. Thomas. Remember the, the hurricanes that just blew through St. Thomas, St. John? And it was in bad shape. They were right after those hurricanes. You wouldn't want to go to St. Thomas. Mm -mm. It's been over a year now, and they're about 85, 90 percent up speed. Some of the restaurants still haven't opened up, but 90 percent is pretty cool. All the hotels are open, the beaches are open, the, the roads open. They're renting cars and etc. But again, people are thinking, "I'm not going to St. Thomas. It's all wiped out." We got a we got a full condo. We had a kitchen and bedroom and all that right on one of those most beautiful beaches in the Caribbean. You walk out, jump in the water, warm water, swim out uh, 50 feet, and you see corals and, 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 and um, beautiful fish and turtles and things like that. And that condo's costing us $200 a night. And um, there was hotels back away from the beach for $90 a night. Now, this is St. Thomas. This is the Caribbean. This is the United States Virgin Islands. It normally is double that, triple those rates, okay? And so St. Thomas is wonderful. And, and those people I know are, are very happy. We're going to be spending money at restaurants and renting cars. They're going to be happy to have us on the island um, helping re uh, rebuild their tourism, going back to the United States, telling our friends, just like I am right now, that St. Thomas is up and running. This is, this is a great opportunity. It's called Follow Disaster. Well, and you make a good point that once you share it with other people and show that, hey, things are good, things are back up, it's safe to be here now. It it relieves, you know, everyone's minds and relieves the the fear and drives more traffic to the place. I think that's beautiful. Also, it sounds like you got a good enough deal that you're not going to mind me coming and staying on the couch. 
<laughs> I think that's only fair. My, my, my wife is laughing in the background. She says, "You're welcome. Come join us. Just bring, bring your scuba hey, mask." Hey, you tell her don't don't offer if you don't mean it, because I'm that person that will actually do it. <laughs> so this is one of one of the ideas that we have. One of the many ideas that we have is, but it's one of the most powerful ones, and it's one of the biggest win-win um, situations around the world. It's, for example, um, uh, I mentioned uh, uh, Great Britain. Great Britain, uh, England tends to be an expensive destination, and we've been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off because of the price. But when Brit Exit brought our, our dollar up 30% to the pound, literally things are 30% less now. Wow. And we were getting um, really, really nice places right in the middle of town for $150 a night. Normally, it's double that, I mean, so uh, for Americans. And so... So England was a lovely opportunity. And um, we always mention uh, France. Um, there's a huge, huge apprehension about France because of what's happening in Paris. And so what if you just skipped Paris? Okay. And there's the Alsace wine district up in the Northeast that has these cutest little villages, the most wonderful food in the world, great wines and experiences. They have beautiful churches and these little medieval cities that, that weren't bombed during the World War II. And they're, they're beautiful destinations. There's no trouble. There's no demonstrations up there. And but because of the apprehensions of going to France, France is a bargain right now. Um, and so there's some huge places around the world. The other thing we always tell people, too, if we move off and follow disaster is, is that um, travel during the off season. Um, when we get our kids and things like that, they're off during the summer. You get used to doing a summer vacation. You grow up getting used to do a summer vacation with your parents because they're school. Right. But if you don't have those obligations or if you can try something else, there is much better pricing right on the, on the cusp of the fine uh, things. On, and that's usually spring and fall. And you get better weather because summer tends to be hot. You get better prices and much less crowding. And so, um, uh, the, the other, there's, there's several other ideas that we have too. Is um, I could keep on going for a long time if you have time. Give, <laughs> give, me, give me two more ideas. Okay, I just added one more that I'm gonna. I'm I'm talking at the big travel show here in San Diego, and um, I added uh, something new this year to it. Um, just something that came to me. Um, uh, what we've been doing, but I haven't been sharing it with people, and, and that's not uh, typically what we do. We know right now that. Places like Paris and um, uh, or Tokyo or New York and things like that are starting to get crowded and they're getting more expensive. They're popular. They're fun to go to. I, I recommend going to those places. Now, we're, uh, it was a, a time there when going off, off those places um, was uh, they call an off the beaten path. Now, those have become on the beaten path. And I give an example like Venice and Tuscany and Prague, Amsterdam. Those used to be off the beaten path. Well, they're starting to get a little crowded right now. So your choice of destination, if you're going to be, or if you want to save money, but have a wonderful travel experience, is something you should also put in your mind. For example, we just went to Umbria, just came back uh, about a month ago to Umbria. It's the, it's the region just to the uh, east of Tuscany. And it has everything that Tuscany has. It has the cute little medieval villages, the food, the um, beautiful churches, and everything, half the price of Tuscany, half the price. And so eventually Umbria is going to be um, on the beaten path, but it's off the beaten path right now. And so if you, instead, of, instead of maybe going to Tuscany, which I highly recommend, but if you think that that's going to be too crowded and pricey, then pop over just 
it's only 50 miles away, you know, 70 miles away, pop over to the region next door. So choice of destination. Um, we thought that things like uh, when we went down to Vietnam, uh, that was a beautiful destination. And Southeast Asia is lovely uh, uh, travel things, but it's much, much less costly. Argentina right now is beautiful with Iwazu Falls, uh, Buenos Aires, um, and other areas like, areas like that. Um, but they've had a huge depreciation of their currency. I mean, we're talking about uh, 70%. That's everything. So Argentina is a beautiful um, um, location to go to. So choice of destination, I think, is a real cool thing to start thinking of. You're going to start saving money and having a great, great travel well, on our website, unhookednow.com, I have a, I, I have some of these ideas, but I also have what I call techniques, how to be the one on the plane who paid the, the, the lowest price, things like that, how to get the best deal in a hotel. That's on a website. So there's actually websites and things that they can use and, and tips they can use on the website. So uh, definitely, definitely, if anybody has a chance, go on and look at some of that stuff. There's a lot of great information. That's perfect. And as I understand that, you just do this just because you love it, right? We this make is, no money. At this is not a money maker yeah. for you. We, we've been um, uh, we've been very uh, let's say fortunate. We've worked our ass off to be fortunate. Anyway, um, and uh, we we have um, uh, have a comfortable retirement, and so we don't really need to monetize all this. I mean, we could with this many amount of followers, uh, but we decided to just go straight just. We don't make any money at it. Anything that we put out there is because we, we a lot of things we've used and done ourselves, mostly. But sometimes I see something I haven't seen. I share that with people. On my website, too, there's connections to my Twitter account and my Facebook accounts, which I da- almost daily, except when I'm traveling, almost daily I put out travel tips, bargains, um, and things like that. So people should log into that. And all that's I give out free, and, and, and people should know. I make no money doing this. I'm, none of these ideas that I, I put out there, I'm not making a dime off any of it. Um, this is just great ideas to help people travel and enjoy it more. I've just got to say, I don't know a lot of wise people, as you put it, who say sentences like, on my Twitter account and on my Facebook account, I update it daily. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just think you're so cool. I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, one, one question I did want to ask you real quick was, I imagine you've stayed in a lot of different lodging from condos to hotels to whatever. What, Generally speaking, which one's your favorite type of lodging to stay in? Great. Well, Yes, you're right. We've got everything from uh, bed and breakfasts, hotels, we've stayed in hostels. One of the best things I can give advice to is that when we travel, if we try to isolate ourselves too far from the real experience of that travel experience, we're, we're actually losing a big opportunity. We're losing a big way of learning a bunch of things that we can take back in our lives to make better. In other words, don't isolate yourself too far away from local people, local food, local things like that. So if you stay in the big international hotel chains, and we have, um, and they're lovely, uh, uh, you're not really getting the local experience. So if you can, if people can uh, extend their adventurous nature a notch and stay more in the, the bed and breakfasts, the more local family-run hotels, and I'll tell you, it's one thing, um, we stayed in hostels. And I mean, 
you talk about saving money. It's great. But the, today, the word, the word hostel is not as bad as it used to be in the 70s. They're not flop houses anymore. They're beautiful. The only thing is that the furniture in your room is not, not all that good and sometimes doesn't match. Um, but they have this beautiful, everyone has this beautiful area where the travelers meet, a living room with overstuffed couches. And you meet people from all over, you be sitting, talking, talking with a, a couple from Germany, then go out to dinner with them. Or you'll be meeting this, this really cool guy from Japan and you're chatting away for them and things like that. And so hostels is a really good way to meet other travelers from around the world. And I would say um, the middle ground would be local family-run hotels. And then ask them, where, where would, here's the question about getting a great restaurant. You want to hear it? Yeah. This is the question we ask. I, I, always, I always want to hear advice about food. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Good for you. So we've asked a lot of questions. I boiled down. This is the best question that you can ask to get, to get a really, really good, good meal and, and local um, flavor. What restaurant, if your mom and dad were coming to town, what restaurant would you take them to? And then just hope that they like their mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then so I, I go to the local restaurants. Don't go to the, the chains and things like that. And, and, yeah. and, and, and have, have a local experience. So that's, that's how I, we choose our lodging right now. That's awesome. Wayne, it has been so fun to talk to you. I, I honestly think I could do this for hours. And maybe I will when I come stay on the couch with you in St. Thomas. <laughs> Uh, obviously, with Pat's permission, she gave me permission. Hey, you want to say hey, hi to Pat? Uh, Pat, come here, say hi. I do want to say hi. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? We always love company. Hey, I always, I always love being the third wheel. So, <laughs> hey, to close this out, why don't you give me? your favorite place to be it may not be your favorite place to travel or whatever but if you had to pick one place to be where would you be well you know it's a question that we ask people all around the world um because we're always exploring that uh, that list that wish list and um but can i give you a, a couple because you know here's yes. the reason great britain is different than japan Japan is different than, than Argentina. Argentina is different than Thailand, you know, and they each have their own uni very uniquely different experiences. So I'm going to, I wrote down three of them here. Something about the Greek islands just says something to us. We don't know what it is, but we get there and the people are so joyous and the food is fun and, and, the, and those white homes are, uh, are hanging on the cliffs and things like that and the beaches. We love the Greek islands. Um, there's another one we just got back last year that I, we went to the Cook Islands in the South Pacific. Most marvelous, most beautiful places we've ever been. And they're, they're on our follow disaster list. They quote their prices in New Zealand prices. And, and our dollar has appreciated in New Zealand by 32%. So um, the Cook Islands now have become much more of a bargain. It's beautiful. It can fly straight out of LA, straight to the Cook Islands. And I might put another one as, as Italy. We keep going back to Italy over and over. Italy has the culture, the history, the food, the joyous people, the, um, uh, the you know, beautiful villages and sites. And there's lots of different types of Italy. You can do the, the, uh, the Lake District in the north, or you can do Tuscany, or, or you can go to Florence or Rome or, or, or Venice. Venice is my favorite city in the world because of all the canals and stuff. So those, those are probably three on the, uh, near the top of the list, and I could, I could keep going. 
I love it. No, I love that. Wayne, why don't you give us just one piece of wisdom to, to end out the show? It, it can be travel related. It can be not travel related. You choose. Oh, well, well, I have to give a think about it. If I had to boil down all our advice down to one, you know, <clears throat> I think probably the best advice I can, I can uh, give people is that turn off the media because this is a wonderful, joyous, beautiful world we live on. And we live in a fantastic, peaceful time to go travel. I'd say, uh, Enjoy your life and go see the world. Shana here. I really do want to have that energy and positivity that Wayne has throughout my life. Thanks for listening. Until next time, adios.